you are being watched. The government has a secret system, a podcast that recounts every episode of Person of Interest. I know, because we made it. We designed the podcast to continue our bullshit, but we see everything. Random numbers of the week. People like you. Episodes the average viewer deems irrelevant. You wouldn't watch it, so we did. But I needed partners. Someone who had never watched this before. Hunted by weirdos on the internet, we record in secret. We will never find them. But, newbie or diehard, if your episode's up, we will find you. And welcome to the library for Podcast of Interest. This is a rewatch podcast for personal interest featuring two veteran operatives and one newly initiated. My name is Justin, and joining me are my two associates, my veteran operative Jude and our new recruit, Anna. Jude, Anna, how you doing? Not too bad. All right. I I just filled a raised bed with like 30 cubic feet of stuff of various forms, so I'm feeling pretty accomplished for the day. Nice. Uh, I'm not sick, and I don't know when the last time I could say that was. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've still got allergies because D.C. is a terrible place to live if you're allergic to flowering cherry trees. Yeah. We've discussed this on a podcast before, haven't we? We I, have. I just we had have. a moment of deja vu where I'm like, I distinctly remember talking about D.C.'s cherry trees into a mic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Tonight we are covering the, this is our penultimate episode of season four. Not the pen, we're not covering the penultimate episode, but this is the penultimate episode. Uh, what is, what is the word for the third and fourth to last episodes of a season? Trite ultimate? Quad ultimate? Tetris. penultimate? Episodes 19 and 20? Of, yeah, episodes (laughs) 19 and 20 of season four. Uh, Search and Destroy and Terra Incognita. Jude, you have Sir, Search and Destroy. Take us away. Episode 19, Search and Destroy, is written by Zach Schwartz and directed by Steven Sergey. I would like to put right up at the front that Search and Destroy is, without a question, the best skate skate onto the ice music of any hockey team <laughs> I was in the literally NHL. just thinking, it's Seek and Destroy, but... It's seek and, but you can't yeah. hear Search and Destroy without thinking Seek and Destroy if you it's, have ever heard the Metallica song. And if yeah. you have never witnessed the teal glory that is the San Jose Sharks hurling themselves out onto the ice to the, to the sounds of Metallica's first real single, you simply have not lived. So, I'm sorry. So I think, I think the important thing, <laughs> the, the important context that you are missing from this that, or, that, or the important detail is that as as Seek and Destroy is playing, you're getting the opening red, da, 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 and the lights are out in the arena. Oh yeah, they're and there is out of a, a demonic giant shark's, head. shark's head with glowing eyes that the players skate out of. Amazing. We'll, we'll tweet uh, Justin <laughs> at some point. T- uh, will tweet uh, a clip of this magnificent ritual. I but- might have it on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> my one of the best birthday gifts I've ever been given. Uh, my sister from another Mister Liz uh, got uh, I like ice level tickets to a Sharks game once, and we were literally as the sh- players skated out of the out of the Sharks head. 
they were coming right at us. Oh, it was so fucking cool. And <laughs> it was the best. Anyway. Okay. Hockey is um, the best sport. Just, just putting it out there. But we'll, yeah. I, um, don't worry. I won't tell wrestling that you said that. I, I mean, <laughs> wrestling's, we, we, not a sp- wrestling's not a sport. It's performance art. It's a combat. It's a combat art. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's performance combat. I don't know. Well, but it's not yeah. a sport. That's for damn sure. Um, <laughs> not a dig on wrestling. It's just, yeah, are, are soups different things. I wish more sports were like wrestling. For uh, yeah, no, I do too. Can you imagine baseball with like wrestling's bravado? <laughs> I mean, baseball did get more fun this year, but yes, we're not here to talk about separate baseball. conversation. Uh, Let's talk about okay. antivirus software. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I want it I want it noted that I like that killed me. A little bit. <laughs> um, guy in your network, it's more likely than you think. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this episode's number is Suleiman Khan, CEO of a software antivirus company that apparently with this, that it is in 90%, nearly 90% of all computers, including government computers, um, who we learn. It's basically the Norton of this world. The our number learned speaking as his of, assistant. Speaking of eccentric CEOs, right? I feel like this is a little uncomfortably prescient because this ep- this was made before uh, the CEO of th- that company went full bibbledy. Um. Anyway, we learn as his assistant wakes him up, he has been hacked and had his entire life dumped onto the internet. This includes every email, his stock portfolio losses during the finale, naked pictures. It, it, I guess it would be during the mid-season finale. Season finale? Yeah. Because yeah, right. it was the, the, the flash crash thing. The flash crash. Right. Uh, naked pictures of his wife that he deleted and his personal medical files, including uh, his bipolar diagnosis. On top of all that, he's also been being accused of embezzling $400 million. I feel like they would have noticed that before now, but that's fine. We'll get there. Uh, to, fu- to fund his biochip antiviral research project, um, they really Star Trek the shit out of this concept. He just oh. keeps saying words that sound like they make sense. And this is on so, a show so about So he's a tech CEO. It. No. I, <laughs> mm. <laughs> This is going to be a hard, hard one to do for me. Um, yes. But I mean, even by tech CEO standards, because they're not buzzwords. He isn't talking about yeah. like synergy and um, efficiency. He's like using, he, like I said, he Star Trek's it. He like techno jargons it. Except, yeah. yeah. And again, this is a show about AI and his techno babble is like the least believable part of this episode. All of this comes out as he rushes to his company to try and head off a board vote to remove him. He is, however, unsuccessful, largely thanks to his extraordinarily slimily douchey finance guy who smirkingly suggests that his bipolar condition is the cause of his irrational behavior and his theories about being framed. Khan doesn't take it lying down. He immediately decides that since the wiped out his his portfolio exactly, it must be a rogue AI. It's not a crazy leap of logic at all. Um, <laughs> the fact that we know that he's right makes it seem like he's yeah. a genius and not, you know, 
what everybody else thinks, which is that yeah. he's off his meds. Um, we'll touch on that tr- problematic yeah. trope in a yeah. little bit, but uh, he breaks into his own company and discovers that their servers are running way too hot to just be doing virus scanning. We'll get there. Uh, John, meanwhile, has been tailing after him, but owing to the man's advanced security and paranoia, they can't bluejack him. Uh, he has a nice conversation with Zoe, however, who has appeared at the request of the board to help manage the, the scandal. Is, and which, swamps- by the way, I want to say that like Zoe just randomly appearing in this episode of I don't think this is a Zoe Morgan pro- like I didn't know we had a Zoe Morgan level of problem, and she's like, yeah, well, surprise, bitch, I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's I very good. Her. It's not like John called her in; like she's just there, and John's like, oh, this works. Yeah. Yeah, he thwomps a guy on the head, uh, a security guard on the head, but otherwise can't really get too involved because once they figure out that Samaritan is the root cause, uh, if Samaritan, they realize that if Samaritan notices him, his cover will be blown. Uh, Khan gets uh, apprehended by the police while breaking into his company and ends up in Rikers because Samaritan is relying on the fundamental injustice of the justice system to make the fact that a brown man could access end up in the wrong jail very quickly and no one will think that it's a rogue ai there it remotely bribes i don't i'm curious why this random guy in this jail cell has a cell phone uh i i don't i'm pretty sure that random inmates in the holding cell at rikers don't get to have cell phones it's not like he's in the block and he smuggled this thing in because he's a drug dealer or something this is just like a guy who has a cell phone but that's fine I'm not going to overthink it. Um, he bribes this guy for with a hundred thousand dollars to shank, not shank, just kill him. He's not; they're not in the general. They don't have shanks yet. The cameras go down, and John, who apparently has got a guard in his trunk, uh, comes in dressed like a guard and extracts Khan. They race away from the prison and stopped by computer-controlled traffic pylons. And the car crashes, uh, and they are saved by Root. We'll talk more about Root later. The team talks to Khan when he comes to in their, what do you call it, their safe house. And they discover that the hack he is, uh, that the hack is making his company's servers work so hard is coming from somewhere in question mark, question mark. They all take a road trip, and <laughs> there's some stuff going on in this episode. This episode of the next one, there is just about woods outside of New York. Yeah. Uh, they go to the woods and there's a weird it's, random I, I think like, it's probably the same woods door. where like Fusco kills people. <laughs> yeah. They find this storm door hidden in the snow. They flip it open and there's like an enormous industrial complex under there because brutes don't exist. That's not a thing. And they find... Some fat nerd, I, I'm not being, I mean, that's literally the like stereotype, typical, that must have been on the like casting call for this extra um, with candy and a soda, the computer in this, in these tunnels, who is, uh, who tells them that this thing is scanning the whole internet for a single piece, which Harold immediately recognizes. Khan is like, not comprehending the danger he's in just wants to know what this code is uh it's the machine the it's samaritan yeah. is looking for the machine that's what this boils down to they run outside they get attacked by samaritan 
Root runs off to strangle Martine. Uh, they narrowly escape, but Khan fucks off into the woods to, I guess, talk to the trees about these a- about the AI. I don't know. It's not clear <laughs> what his plan is here. But he gets captured, and it's kind of his own fault, so nobody seems to care that much that it happens. He is dragged before Greer, uh, and he demands to see Samaritan and look it in the eye. So, Samar- so Greer shoots him and leaves him to die on the floor, looking at Samaritan closing the file on him with target eliminated reflecting in his glassy eyeballs. Um, <laughs> elsewhere in this episode, Root steals a very durable briefcase opens it and throws away the Fabergé egg inside. She she gets the a end. briefcase that's made out of the thing the black box is made out of. Yeah, it's incredibly durable. She like yeah. it gets shot, she shoot she like beats a guy in the head with it and the, the briefcase doesn't even have a mark on it. Yeah. She like uses it. it as a shield. It's amazing. This episode's a fucking ride. Uh I want to say right <laughs> off the bat though that Zach Schwartz very clearly has never worked in software development and does not have any idea how software development works throwing that out there for i mean for so many reasons yeah but yeah there are so many little things about this episode about the way con talks and the way that they talk about software in this episode that make it transparently clear that this motherfucker has no idea what software is does and this happens enough on tv that it makes me want to hit somebody with a fucking like stack of floppy disks. It, yeah, it just and, makes like, me I, crazy. I couldn't really tell what the like. Okay, so we we hear a bunch about like the biochip thing that he's trying to do, and like as far as I can tell, it's just like an NFC chip. Yeah, like basically. like it's just like something that you'd have implanted for your digital records to be like scannable like oh that's not at all how i interpret it that's not at all how i interpreted it uh i thought it was a chip that like learned how to respond to oh that makes more sense yeah no it was it was like meant for like tracking tracking he he says like you know it'd be so convenient you can like keep track you know keep like you know when you're due for immunizations and stuff like that oh see i thought it was more like using doing his his existing business doing like computer stuff but responding to viruses as if they like organically responding to existing viruses not like treating human viruses <laughs> as if they had with with norton antivirus wow that's even dumber <laughs> it's even dumber then See, I, 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 I will just episode. choose to believe that he's just got a brilliant, brilliant idea to, like, biohack people with an NFC God, chip. this is such a dumb episode. Can... This makes it both dumber and more believable that some tech, tech CEO bro would think that he can extend his company's, ant, like, Norton antivirus software to, like, cover people exactly the kind of nonsense so, so that what this is, Zuckerberg and spent 400 million dollars on it it is yeah it is the exact it, it is the exact example of a tech ceo saying hey what if we made an uber but it was like a big fit like 20 people <laughs> but you didn't like you didn't call it to yourself 
You, okay, but, but, it had okay, but what, if we, what if we made a tube, Justin, <clears throat> what if we made a tube and then those Ubers could drive in the tube to like fixed locations? So I think that um, our, our actor for this, uh, Asif Manvi, uh, did not get a lot of good material to work with. But yeah. it, he got one thing to be like acknowledge how how like he it's it's not a trait that i would prescribe to a tech ceo but is perfect for in my head attributing douchey ceo who <laughs> i want to see die in a fire um and that is he does the donald trump hand gesture thing <laughs> like he does like the he does like the 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 like the finger thing and he like and like just like the weird like little swish of his hand and stuff. Yeah. It's like it's like I don't know like if like if he does that in other things, but like he does it in this. And it's very like and it's like I just click for me and it's like he's doing whatever Donald Trump does with his hands. Ugh. And it's very funny. <laughs> That's funny. I, I honestly like I felt like he did a despite the like lack of solid script for him i felt like he did a really solid job no i i like him in this episode um i know him he's one of those actors where the minute you see him you're like fuck where do i know him from let me look up his page on imdb because he's not he hasn't done anything like super distinctive enough to me at least where he jumps out immediately for one role you've just seen him around enough that you know him um, but the thing I recognized him immediately for uh, was Mira Royal Detective, which he but, voiced a significant portion of, which I think really speaks to how fucking old I've gotten that I am now <laughs> identifying people from my kid's show pr- before anything else he's been in. Apparently, he's also in Evil along with Michael Emerson. Huh. Series of Unfortunate Events. Uh, he plays like my favorite, one of my favorite characters in that series. Um. And he's also in Spider-Man 2. <laughs> yes, I did recognize him from Spider-Man 2. Yeah, those are like the two things that I know him from. I, I like to call out one other like tech thing that was just like, what the fuck is going on in this? When Harold's like, ah, when I built the machine, I didn't use any any existing language. And I'm just like, Harold, what? I, why tell me you I don't mean, know how computer programming works without telling me <laughs> yeah well here's the thing i would believe that there is i would believe that you can't write an ai in in c <laughs> no. or python you know what i mean like i would believe that you need to invent your own programming language for an ai what okay. i don't believe is that he wrote his own os like, yeah, I would believe that like you start with a Nix platform and then build off of there. Right. But like the idea that he literally like binary up is mind boggling to me. And the only I don't know. We know we know that he's written it as some form of code, not just like he's not writing directly in machine code. Yeah. And we also know that like it has to be vaguely compatible with other computers because it's got to talk to computers so it can't be like 
some like fucking alien trinary thing because otherwise it wouldn't be able to goddamn like talk to yeah. exist to, to the computers it's supposed to be spying on. Anyway, I wonder how much of it Harold just says to fuck with John, <laughs> just, just to sound impressive, just to impress his boyfriend. God, yeah. yeah. God. Oh uh, yeah. I. It's overall. It's like I do think that like this is one of those fantastic episodes that shows that machine is a disease. Yeah. Yeah. For the people who are most likely to recognize what the machine is, knowledge that it exists, like claws them, and they just need to know more to the point where, well, they're gonna die because of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a you know mimetic scp hazard yeah the, the i would say most of the time in this show they play that really well but i don't think it plays as well in this episode because the leap he 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 makes to get to oh it's an ai it's a little rougher than in yeah, some episodes yeah yeah the the, the yeah. initial the initial of like understanding isn't great but i do think like the actual like how showing the consequences out. yeah in the th- like yeah. i think the third act of the show like the third act is a lot yeah. better than that I, I i feel like it's compare to an episode that we watched forever ago with with the nsa analyst in season one i was one. just gonna say yeah, yeah ex- that's exactly what i was thinking yeah. of as a parallel where it much more great was someone coming to the conclusion um and the result that resulting paranoia but they both have the they both have the the thing of like the the need to understand yeah yeah which i think is which i think is i think it's a really like i think it's a very like fun motivation for sci-fi fantasy it's like it's the reason why call of cthulhu is a fun game <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah absolutely yeah other fun things about this episode is zoe like showing up out of nowhere. I mean, she's in there in the, she's in the board meeting, but really she's in this episode to dunk on John for his poor dating for his poor love life decisions. <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's why she's in this episode. She's, she's in the board meeting, but like she's in the episode to, to, to be critical in a loving way of the, the <laughs> shitty choices he's making. I love that John is like trying to play like the oh are you jealous? She's like no. <laughs> yeah, she's like don't be stupid. stupid. I put a quarter in and I ride you to death. That, that's, yeah, <laughs> I'm not here for I'm not here for yeah. that. Uh, every time we see Zoe, I like kind of wish that she was permanently on TV. She's very she's very so good. good. I do. I like. I do like the idea that that like. I, I I think it's like. I I would enjoy her being on Team Machine, but I do enjoy the idea of like she has her own life and it just yeah. intersects with that. I think that sometimes TV shows don't let don't let side characters have lives outside of the mm-hmm. main characters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what show she would be perfect on? Ironically, the show that fucking Freebie advertised me. Every single commercial break, because I, my, uh, what's it called? I accidentally deleted the episodes, uh, episodes 18 and on for this season when I was, when I was cleaning up my server two years ago. Uh, I mean, I don't have piracy bad. Um, 
So I watched this these episodes on Freebie and um, same. <laughs> it was uh, rough. I got same leverage every single commercial break, <laughs> which felt very targeted considering how often YouTube harangued me to watch leverage. Um, Dude, but she watched leverage. She feels like a leverage character. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she would be a, like a main leverage character. She'd be in a she'd be a leverage antagonist sometimes. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> there there were a lot of details that I enjoyed in this one. Like Khan, I I really appreciated that he was just like in there. Like he wasn't going in there with like lockpicks or whatever. He just had a high powered drill and he was just going for it. Yeah. Yeah. I I appreciate the, the best lockpicks are. A drill or a bump kit. Yep. There is an op- the opening scene is hair like John trying to like take Harold to like shoot to yeah. teach him. And like oh. John is like John is like waving his dick around shooting at M4. I was just gonna say, I was gonna say almost exactly the same thing. It is John is being such a macho dickhead in this scene. It's like no wonder no wonder Harold doesn't want to learn to shoot from you, John. God, like Shaw would probably be good to teach them, but like, yeah. especially especially since like a bunch of the like physical weapons handling stuff that like like somebody somebody with a like smaller build would be far better at teaching Harold how to shoot than yeah. John because John is like I mean he's what shooting like an M he's shooting a machine gun one handed in this yes. one like for some reason. Because he wants to show off. He's showing yeah, off yeah. to Harold. Like, look how big my dick is. Like, is what he's saying. <laughs> also, yay for, yay for like, goth root with the gas mask and the chemical weapons attack. Oh, Good yeah. lord, that scene is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's so polite. Like, you might want to sit down. Like, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> because because for all else, Root treats co- like you know food service employees respectfully, and therefore we stand. <laughs> she uh, does. Yeah, I, one of my favorite bits in this episode. I'm just kind of like looking over yeah. my notes um, when they're about to go off to the uh, to the woods on their weird little road trip, and the, the back of the car is full of like fucking Semtex and assault rifles, and Harold walks up and it's just like what the fuck are you are we doing and john's like better to be prepared or gives some macho horse shit and then he looks at harold looks at the gun in his hand shotgun because he's holding a shotgun and he's calling shotgun on the car (laughs) and i hate so dumb i hate it i hate it that somebody wrote that line but also i hate it it's great but i hate it I mean, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. somebody, somebody sat down and wrote that and laughed at themselves and laughed and said, hey, that's going to be like, was really smugly proud of having written that line. And they shouldn't be. I feel like that's exactly the kind of really dumb joke that John would make, though. I don't think John, I, yeah. I, I am not comfortable with the idea that John knows how to make jokes. Not, not on purpose. <laughs> well, he's going to therapy. He makes very dry remarks about like killing people because that's his way of like deflecting from human emotion. But I don't like the idea that John tells jokes. Uh, speaking of dry remarks, um, we've got Harold's con is like, Oh no, it's, it'd be too complicated. You won't understand. Just like, yeah. 
Try me. Fucking try I'm a me. fast learner. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a scene when they're like in the middle of the wilderness where John has like, I don't, I don't know what this is, but it's like, it's a very like compact sniper rifle. Um, yeah. And it like, looks like a hunting and, rifle almost. Yeah. Except it's like, it's like if a hunting rifle was designed with like urban people hunting in mind. <laughs> because it's like it's 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 like it's designed to be taken down very quickly and it's very light it's not like it like usually when you see like real hunting like hunting rivals they're and yeah. robust because you're dragging it through shit and it, like and if you're not just doing it for mil for like mil military cosplay wankery <laughs> no you're 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 like dragging that thing up into a tree yeah but uh, like Root is like there. There are like security cameras around there, and Root is like calling out the uh, locations of the cameras, and she's like eleven o'clock, two hundred fifty meters. Boop, and like you know, fuck yeah, three hundred meters, bang, and it's just amazing. Like, it's it's a real. It's like it's a cool moment of just like mm-hmm. it's cool machine stuff that it's just like you know we okay, just need to get more of that occasionally. And it forecasts some of the cool God mode stuff we see in upcoming episodes, too. Yes. Because we've been very light on that this season. Yeah. Do we... I think we should talk about the, like, bipolar CEO Yeah, let's thing. let's do that before we wrap up here. It's able um, and it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Not to be glib. <laughs> no, I, I think it's... I, I, I think that the idea that, like, this brilliant guy has this thing and it's under control is a good intentioned idea, but the use having like the CFO guy just blatantly use it to throw him under the bus is crappy. Oh, and that's, that's, and, and that's like a lawsuit. It's realistic. To yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and like the fact that it doesn't really engage with it and, and like, for all, in- all intents and purposes, like it is essentially portraying him in the middle of a man, too, with the like, you know, his his like frenzy to uncover yeah. Samaritan. It 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 could have been done a lot better. Basically, just use it as a everyone thinks he's just crazy because he's bipolar. So yeah. I I guess my point is, I don't have a problem with the idea that they would make a tech CEO character bipolar. That's not what I have a problem with. I have a problem with the idea that they that as a way to make other people think he's uh to to uh, they use that as a way for other people to not believe what he's saying and as an excuse for other people to think he's crazy. That's the part I'm not comfortable with. And and they then don't engage with that and be like, you know. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. just sort of like leave that as like, yeah, it's reasonable to think that he's nuts. Yeah, exactly. They don't. It, it's not. It, it's not engaged with in any kind of meaningful way. Yeah, I agree. Because like, it's not like like okay. So what? What? What the fuck did you just say to me? Like that is completely un- inappropriate and like or you yeah. know, etc. All right. Uh, on to uh four twenty, which is unfortunately not this this season's weed episode. No. I know what what a missed opportunity. Yeah, this right? is uh. Season four, episode twenty, Terra Incognita, which I think would be a great drag name. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It probably has already happened, but yeah. Um, 
Especially, especially if you spelled it T-A-R-A. Yeah. Um, my my other joke for that is you could be a ma- you could be a master uh, luchador called Terror Incognita with a slasher Ooh. theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is what this is this is my process for 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 how I consume <laughs> episodes now. Um, <laughs> it's written by Melissa Scrivener Love and Eric Mountain, directed by Alric Riley. This episode has a bit of a weird format, as a lot of it is flashback, and the flashbacks. Add a lot of emotional stuff, but not a lot of plot stuff. Um, the flashbacks are notably not from either Machine or Samaritan's point of view, because John is having a hallucinogenic episode because he's dying of hypothermia. Uh, our number this week is Chase Patterson, a former suspect in the murder of his parents who fled the country and has just returned. John finds the case files, the murder, and the personal effects of a deceased detective. Carter. We get a flashback to Carter's original handling of the case where they find the parents and two of Chase's siblings were killed. Carter's investigations John's in the present day lineup with a shaking alibi but familial scene. When John goes to investigate the family house in the Catskills, John is shot by Gil, who is apparently just a mystery half-brother we just decided to dump in midway through here. Uh, Gil forces Chase to take pills to kill himself, but then John's body in the cold outside. John overpowers Gil, is able to save everybody, and is, gets help from a hallucination of Carter in uh, a car, like, dying of hypothermia. And and also blood loss. Yeah, a blood, yeah, blood loss. It's, like, Carter just rails into John a lot in this as he's dying. Um, it's... It's a weird episode. It's a lot going on plot wise here, but like John gets to have a lot of talks that he wanted to have with Carter, but never did. Yeah, it is. It is a big oof of an episode, but yeah. like in in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Like it is. It's very nice to see Taraji Henson back. She is. It's a fun one off for a return, and like, like. Apart from, like, the flashbacks, which are sort of just, like, pretty quickly done, like, it's a fun way to bring a character back with the nation and the dying stuff. Yeah, it was it was really nice to see Carter again. Um, and, you know, I, I liked having her in kind of the, the multiple, multiple levels of flashback because you have the, the flashbacks from her where we get, you know, the case years ago. Then we have the, then we have the, like flashbacks of john's where he's not remembering things correctly and then we have the hallucination carter sitting in the car with him there's also like a little there's like a good line uh carter reminds like or, or, i can't remember it was like uh it's one of one of them says being missed means you meant something which you know, yeah which we I, I think we talk about over on our other uh, our other show uh complete discography about you know so long as people remember you, you're not dead. Yeah, um, and you continue to live on. But yeah, I, like it's all it's always a good beat that I'll always love. And John admitting that he he did it, bring it on the case because it was his way of being close to Carter again. Yeah, is like that's it's it's sweet in like the way that like maladjusted people on television are sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and it's a really good that, way of putting it. 
And along with that, the the thing of like John remembering their relationship as so much closer than it actually was was fascinating. Oh, it's so um, good. Yeah, like you know that's that, and that absolutely tracks for John that he's like kind of built this like mythos in his head of what his relationship with Carter was like, and it was not actually that. But that's you know that that's a thing that happens to people too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny i remember this episode when it first came out watching it the first time and i remember being so surprised to see carter again it almost like hit harder that she was gone because it was such a change like the show had changed so much since she had left having her back on the show the actors back on the show was such a visceral reminder of how much the show had changed and how much time had passed. Yeah. Yeah. That it, it you feel the the evolution of the show and how much has changed really intensely it feels like to me. And so whenever I watch this episode I really do appreciate how big of an impact she had in that early episodes but also how much the show has changed since then. Both yeah. in terms of yeah. like what's been going on and the format and it's just it's a very different there's a lot going on and a lot has changed in the show since since carter uh died it's also interesting how precisely you can date those the like the flashbacks of the stakeout yeah Um, that like because because was complaining about like newly adopted bear eating his books so that that places it within like the first two episodes of season two essentially yeah Yeah. uh which is wild and and also it's it's interesting to see like i mean honestly how abusive john was to fosco in that flashback i mean he's kind of still like that but like also i think he does respect fosco a hell of a lot more now yeah i mean in, in season one, John would have put Fusco, like, held Fusco up as a human shield. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of kind of That's a terrible but accurate way of putting it. I'm kind of disappointed we never got that, but. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like when Fusco, when Fusco's like, I brought you food. And John's like, it's a fucking hot dog. Get out of here. Poor Fusco. Uh, Don't worry, Fusco. We love you. As we'll see in the next episode, though, like, things have changed there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So much. Those details made it really interesting, like, you know, rewind to a really long time ago in the show. I agree. Yeah. We also need to talk about Root's outfit in this one. Oh, yeah. Ride Root. Root yes. is like cyberpunk Barbie in, the, in this season. She just gets all these wild outfits. And yeah, it's all root, but it's definitely like it's a thing. She's everything. He's just John. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. Uh, And the the sneakers that she's wearing with the wedding dress to a great touch. Um, But yeah, I need to I need to put together like. A mood board with like all of Root's iconic outfits from the season, because uh, we've got that like giant stuffed animal. We've got uh, flight attendant Root. We've got uh, we've got goth Root from last episode. Okay, okay, a fan camp of every like every like random 
new outfit she has set to Barbie Girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I will put a you know bounty on the internet. I will I will pay you money internet if you pr- produce this. <laughs> That's pretty good. What a time for John to not wear his vest, though. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Why do you think there's something psychological? Like, is they, I mean, obviously the reason he didn't wear his vest is because they needed him to be bleeding. But I mean, yeah. And like, you don't always wear to be made that like part of it was like, was, do you think there's any, any argument to be made that there was something more going on in John's head? If you put aside like narrative, convenience can you imagine like i mean he was being i mean he was being very self-destructive yeah yeah and like you know i could definitely i mean like dude need the dude needs therapy from somebody who he's not fucking yeah i don't think are they actively they they are not actively dude okay I, I i will rephrase that the dude needs therapy from somebody who have boner music okay almost worse uh grosser for sure um but yes thank you for clarifying i think that john like isn't intentionally doing anything like isn't intentionally making these choices but he is like he's being reckless like not intentionally but i think he is like making poor judgment because he is yeah i destroy i think anything associated with carter brings out that rampaged that the psychological rampage turtleneck uh yeah uh, when it comes to john and this is also this is also in the wake of losing the number last week yeah yeah which oof i don't think any of them cared that much about losing con they didn't seem to notice i don't know they 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 always (laughs) hate it when they lose a number you know and they haven't lost very many they were very cavalier about Khan, though. They're, like, eating Chinese food while he is laying there face down at the table with what I have to imagine was bruised ribs and a fairly severe concussion. And they're just like, but conco- well, concussions we'll don't his exist legs in the show, Jude. Yeah. It's fine. That's true. We do live. TV show does take place in the TV universe where concussions only exist uh in football for 10 players minutes. yeah yeah for about 10 minutes yeah yeah, Con- yeah. concussions like last for like you know as long as na- is narratively convenient you 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 were yeah. woozy for a little minute for a few minutes you maybe hear a ringing tone in your ears go yeah shake your head and then you're fine yeah Al- along with the along with the show continuing to be like eh, car accidents that's fine yeah it's fine yeah. don't worry about it yeah, just, John, just flip that van. Eh. John flips that van like eight times, and then and then literally is eating Chinese food like it's no big deal. Ten minutes later, right? That's that's not like, how it's that a works. fender bender. Oh, but yeah, like I, show. I as I was watching, like we see John. And I was just like, you know, haha, but but this dude, you know, Gil does not realize that John always wears a vest. Oh shit! He wasn't wearing a vest. By the way, I had to say, Gil. <laughs> Gil. Oh. Gil is such a good name for a villain. It's it's but it's, not like a good villain, like a shitty villain. Yeah, 
I would never name like a villain I wanted my audience to respect Gil. Yeah. yeah. And the and the like the, the like family annihilation murder plot is like so cliched with the like abandoned half brother. Um yeah. but it yeah. also like works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's so well, cliched. If they named him Gil. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if if you name somebody Gil, you know, you're sort of asking for retribution in, in, down the line. Unless, unless it's a bunch of nerds are way too into Final Fantasy. <laughs> we got anything else we want to talk about? Terrible niche joke. <laughs> Justin's like, no. <laughs> no, I will not acknowledge your bad joke. Shutting this down right now. That killed the episode. I think I think I'm good on this one. Yep, same here. Next week we're going to be covering episodes 21 and 22 of season four, Asylum and Yahweh. Until next time, we are being watched. The Babylon Project is an independent production. All views expressed on the show are our own. Clips from the original show remain property of the original owner. Music information can be found in the show notes. The rest of the show is licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 share-alike no derivatives license. 